Many of us have dedicated ourselves to creating our peace with the process. Along the way, circumstances and events will come up that either add to or take from that endeavor. My wife and I had our firstborn son, Lincoln Wayne Gann, on June 2nd, 2021. And I started this series titled A Father's Perspective to share the process of parenthood and how we navigate our ability to continue creating peace day in and day out. If you're a father or mother, soon to be or have been three times over, I hope that hearing about our ups and downs and tips and tricks brings value to you and your family. Let's get started. Hello there, moms and dads, soon-to-bes, have-beens for quite a while, or just regular old spectators. Welcome to the Father's Perspective episode on Peace with the Process podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode. I'm going to jump right into it today and talk to you guys about the perspective of working from home while my wife is also uh, at home. <laughs> As of right now, she's not currently working, but her specific situation is probably different from what many of you have experienced. And I know many of us aren't experiencing similar situations, but we can find similarities within you know, our stories. So my wife specifically has uh, quit her job as a teacher just this year. So just whenever the summer started, she quit her job, which was literally, I think a week later, our son was born and she is going to now teach from home. She's going to have students come and be uh, homeschooled uh, out at our property, out at our house. So we're very excited for that. So with that, she's obviously able to spend some time here at home with our son during the summer until she starts her homeschooling practice, which is going to be around the same time that school starts up. So as a teacher, she would actually have this time off anyway. And many of you who um, whose wives, uh, ladies, would actually have some of this maternity time off as well. Now, men, many of us may work from home and many of us may have different locations from our house that we go when we go work to, whether that's an office or job site, whatever it looks like. And I think there's definitely a perspective to be talked about in terms of working from home. I think it's a unique perspective because back when remote work and working from home wasn't always an option, the mass majority of us men, we left the house. So when mom was on maternity leave, she would be here at the house taking care of the child. And the father, if he didn't have some form of maternity leave or didn't quite have the same length of maternity leave given by employers, I know I wasn't, I had to use vacation time or it was unpaid time. It was excused, but it was unpaid, so I only took a week, and I used a week of vacation time just so that I would have some time off for that very first week of my son coming into the world. But after that, I went back to work. Now, fortunately for me, that's coming back to work here at my home office. As I was saying, a point in time when majority of us men left the house, so we didn't necessarily get an opportunity to see what mom was dealing with here at the house while we were gone. As we speak, my son and my wife are upstairs, and I believe my son is not giving her a break. He is definitely, uh, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and call it a fit, throwing a little bit of a fit, 
and we've gone through the different motions she's fed him she's you know burped him she's changed him she's laid him down he slept for a little while and he gets back up and he's cranky again so her energy levels i'm sure are starting to feel depleted handling him for quite a while now and she's been doing this all day long as i talked about in one of the previous uh, episodes i took care of the midnight feeding and today specifically he actually slept almost all the way through the entire night instead of usually waking up at 12 p.m 1 p.m or i'm sorry 12 a 12 a.m or 1 a.m he would he actually woke up at around 4 a.m this morning which is only like an hour and 15 minutes away from when i would actually be waking up so it took me it might have been closer to 4 30 because it took me a little while to get him to lay back down and by that time my alarm was going off i have to be honest that was a doozy because I thought it was one or two in the morning and that whenever I got him laid down, I was going to be able to go back to my bed and go to sleep. Literally, as I left my son's room and was heading back into my bedroom, full intentions of laying back down in the bed, my alarm went off. And I thought, wow, that is a little depressing this morning. But I decided to go ahead and keep trucking along with it and to go ahead and get my day started so i did i got my day started and like all other days the next time that he woke up my wife uh, got up she got him fed she got him taken care of and usually for that first portion of the day it's not too rough you know he's kind of still waking up he's nice and docile as the day goes on i think i talked about this in one of the other episodes i believe he really starts to get bored now there's only so much that my wife can do because she has things around the house that she wants to get done she needs to you know set him down so that she can go take care of things and sometimes that means that he's crying his head off the unfortunate side of the fact that i work from home is she's not always able to just set him down and let him cry it out for a little bit so that she can get something done because i may be in a meeting or i may be doing a recording like i'm doing now fortunately he and uh and my wife are both upstairs can't really hear them in here but if it were a situation where she was in the living room or had something that needed to be done in the living room etc it's not always an option you know not only is she taking care of him all throughout the day you know that's feeding him which again he's breastfed so that is uh, from what i understand it's it's an exhausting thing in and of itself i don't quite know if there's you know energy being burned when that's going on i don't know the chemistry behind all of that but i do know that it's something that takes a toll when you're having to do that uh you know every two hours sometimes a couple times more because as we talked about earlier breastfeeding doesn't always fill them up immediately and sometimes the milk supply doesn't come in immediately the way that uh, other people's experiences are but we've talked about that already so i'm here in my office my wife is upstairs taking care of my son now there's been a couple of times where i think it's easy for my wife to look at me walking around the house and getting a few things uh, done for work or maybe I'm taking a quick break and I'm walking and maybe I'm you know getting lunch ready and she really wants to be able to hand him off to me and in some cases I'm willing to uh, step in and help out and do what I can on the other side she understands that you know, I am working. And if I was working from an office, it wouldn't be possible to do so. So we do try our best to make sure that we balance that her doing her part by understanding that these are still technically my work hours, even though I am here and I do sometimes have the ability to lend a hand. And then me understanding that, hey, 
I am here, and I do have sometimes the ability to lend a hand, and not just completely saying, no, sweetheart, this is my work hours, and I can't help you out, as well as vice versa, her saying, hey, you're at the house, you know, you're not on a meeting, why don't you hold on to him, you can type and hold on to him at the same time. That's where we start to make sure that our respect for each other's time is really, that we really take a moment and have empathy for the other person's situation. A couple of times I make sure that I go out to the car and I meet her out at the car if I know that she's pulling up. That way I can help her unload him and get him into the house uh, or the other way around, help her load him up whenever she's leaving to go do anything for the day because I know that, one, that helps me out. I get some time to uh, to get some recordings done or to hop on some meetings without necessarily having the, you know, the slight stressor of uh, my crying son in the background which is perfectly fine. It, these walls are decently thick, so not too much comes through. But that's definitely something to take into consideration that we're both here, but we're not both able to do the same things in the same capacity, right? So during a long day, it might be reflexive for me to look around the house and wonder what my wife may have gotten done. You know, you think about the old stereotype, the husband coming home and, you know, the wife who's been at home with the baby all day, but maybe the dishes aren't done or maybe uh, there was some cleaning that didn't get done. Maybe there were just some things that you had thought, not that there's this like demanding of it, you know, but there's these questions that come up in, in a man's mind who doesn't have the opportunity to see what it is that she's handling throughout the entire day to kind of wonder, all right, well, you know, is it really, is it something that really takes that much attention, that much time? Like I get, you know, yeah, when I'm here, you know, there's a couple of things, but surely there's got to be a, a break here and there. And the truth is, there is. But you know what she wants to do? She wants to rest. She wants a moment for herself. She wants a chance to sit down and eat without a screaming baby in her ears. And that's something that, as the father, I have had to make sure that I remain sensitive to. It's something that it's it, it's it's a way for me to make sure that I'm not thinking impulsively because it's those conversations that if if I don't check myself in the moment, those are the conversations that can lead to big arguments. We've been fortunate enough not to have any big arguments. We've had some stern talks with each other where we've tried to make sure that we understand where each one of us is coming. It's funny. I'll actually go ahead and allude to this part. At some point in time, we would get into communicating and I'll admit I've never I've not always been the best person at communicating especially when I feel like something may need to be done a little bit differently or offering advice that's not necessarily solicited but I feel like it's something that would help the situation or that maybe it's my duty as the father of the household to try to help move uh usually my wife into uh, the direction of considering those things at the very least so i would use we statements instead of i statements or you statements so for instance instead of saying you know uh you need to only breastfeed during the afternoon and bottle feed in the evening to make sure that he goes to sleep i said something I th i'm pretty sure this was almost the exact the exact uh, conversation that we had, I said along the lines of, I think that we should breastfeed in the afternoon and that we should bottle feed in the evening to make sure that he goes to bed. Now that sounds right. You know, that sounds a lot easier than a demanding statement like me saying you need to do this. But here's the catch. 
My wife catches on to the fact that when I say we, it doesn't always mean we. Sometimes it does mean you, and I'm just trying my best to communicate it in the uh, softest way possible. She called me out on it the other day, and she came out with this statement. She said, you know, I know you're saying things like we, but I know that you're really talking about me. And we are actually out on our, out on our, uh, uh, it was her birthday. We were out on our way to have dinner at the birthday. And we talked about this concept that I was using we statements. And she said, yeah, no, that's really good. But when you say we need to breastfeed, it's very obvious that you're talking about me. And I couldn't help but laugh because she's absolutely right. Because I would use that for other scenarios. And she likes it whenever I say things that way. She, she appreciates that it you know, in the majority of scenarios, that that is a much more respectable way to come across rather than me just going around telling her what I think she should do. Now, do I still struggle from time to time with giving unsolicited advice? Absolutely. That's why this particular season of my life as the father, being here while she is taking care of our son, I'm here and I'm working, and taking care of our son, it can become impulsive to try to give advice it has been a bit of a i won't say it's been a full-on challenge but it's definitely been a heightened awareness for me to make sure that i'm not giving unsolicited advice that whenever she gives me her opinion on how something needs to be done or why something is happening the way that it's happening that i just reconfirm that with her so you think that's why it's that that's going on yeah, absolutely. That's why I think that that's going on. Or, okay, no, that makes sense. You know, and just allowing that to happen that way and then just asking questions, but making sure that I'm not asking the kind of questions that are just obvious. <laughs> like, are we breastfeeding when we're supposed to? That would be a stupid question because that is definitely a passive aggressive way of saying, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? So there's definitely been some balance between dad making sure that he doesn't try to uh, make too many suggestions, try to uh, give too much advice, because even though I'm working from home, I'm in my office, I don't see everything that she does, and I have confidence, I have to have confidence. That's the thing, and I don't think that we'll all naturally have this confidence in our partner that they're that they're doing what needs to be done, right? I don't think that that's a natural impulse. Is it something that we have to realize and that we hold ourselves back from? Sure. And some of us may naturally just have the ability to just say, yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. You're doing absolutely everything you possibly can. You're doing everything the way that you're supposed to be doing it. There's times where she, you know, asks me questions where I know she's wondering if I did something right or if I uh, considered something and for me, it's she does that a lot less than I might do that for her. So typically that means that I probably did need to make sure that I considered something or that I'd make, need to make sure uh, that I did, uh, you know, do something in the right manner. Now, that's because she's got certain ways that she does things that work out really well. And hey, I've got things that I do that work out really well. For example, swaddling. We talked about this in the other one. Uh, I can do an amazing straight jacket swaddle, and her swaddles are a little bit loose. I take forever to clean a diaper, and she can wipe one up in like 0.5 seconds 
Uh, now, granted, she gets some poop on her hands in the process, and I usually come out scot-free, but that's all right. I think that that's something that we both have our strengths at, and sometimes we'll even pass it, pass it off so that each one of us can play to our strengths. You know, I'll hand them over to her to change the diapers. She'll hand them over to me to do the swaddling, and sometimes we have to partner up in ways like that. We have to understand that neither one of us are super dad or super mom, and we need to be able to work on each other's strengths and be able to... Um, I don't want to use the word tolerate. I want to make sure that that's the word that I don't use, <laughs> but I want to make sure that, that, that those of you who are listening don't use that word either because it's not tolerating each other's weaknesses. It's understanding that we're going to have weaknesses, right? If we begin to get into this mindset of what we're okay with and what we're not okay with, it can come off as tolerance instead of let's just realize that uh, there's understanding that needs to take place. There's empathy that needs to take place. And that's something that I've realized with the opportunity to be able to work from home and experience or at the very least see what my wife handles on a regular basis. And when the day ends, sometimes there's going to be things that I have to go take care of. And she's going to end up being the person who handles our child all day long does that mean that from time to time when she answers a question that i might ask or that whenever i ask her to do something or ask her a question that i might pick up a tone and it's not that it's anything pointed toward me but it's you know hey there's she's tired you know maybe she's exhausted maybe she's had Uh, Maybe she doesn't really want to answer your questions. (laughs) Maybe she doesn't really want to do uh, what you're asking her to do. And when I have an opportunity to step back from, you know, from the moment of, of, of the answer that I probably want my wife to answer or the thing that I probably want uh, my wife to take care of when I have a moment to step back and realize, look, this is what she has been uh, championing all day long. You know, she's been making sure that this human stays happy. She's been going through long periods of time where this little human has just been crying nonstop. And we don't necessarily know what what the best solution is. Even if we did know the best solution, it may not be uh, the easiest thing to do in that moment. You know, would buckling him up in the car and going for a car ride probably put him to sleep? Sure, that might do the trick. But is that something that we're capable of doing is it something we have the energy to do would it be better off to just you know endure a little bit of the uh of the crying in order to you know that way maybe you know she can get some things done or so she can just lay there for a moment and just relax whatever the situation is empathy is the key word for what we're experiencing in the fourth week by the time that this podcast uh releases my son will be a month old I tried telling my wife that today. Today's Tuesday, and he doesn't turn a month old until I think, I think it's Thursday. Yeah, it's either Thursday or Friday. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the the dates pulled, the calendar pulled up, but it's on the second. You know, the second of July, and she's like, nope, nope, nope. He's not a month old yet. He's not a month old yet. He's not there yet. And so that's 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 crazy in and of itself you know these guys he grows up so quick a month old is nothing compared to people who have six month old i've seen uh some people who have a a one-year-old and i'm thinking wow the substantial growth 
that these little guys go through and, and little girls go through in just one year. It's amazing. And I can't even comprehend what that's going to be like for my son to be at that particular age. My wife doesn't want to talk about it at all. <laughs> Me, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready for him to be old enough to run around and we can go do dad stuff together. And I've actually been told by a few other men that as a boy, especially if they're, uh, if they're, if they're kind of, you know, mama's boy, because they depend on their mom, especially being breastfed that I think it was my father-in-law who told me this, that for the first five years, you know, that boy is a mama lover because dad's usually the one who's laying down the law. And it's not until after about five years old that they end up, you know, really getting to like dad and being able to do stuff with dad. So I hope I get an opportunity to hang out with him as he's a little bit younger than that. But we'll just see how this journey goes. So that's the majority of what I wanted to touch on today. I didn't want to make this too long of an episode. We've got things to take care of. I've got different things for work to do. And of course, I want to take an opportunity to try to help my wife out with uh, the young man, any chance that I'm able to in between uh, my work and things like that. So uh, I know sometimes I have to I have to put that on hold and other times I'm able to pick that up. But one little tip that we have noticed, and oh my gosh, it is a huge life saver white noise if you have kids and you've experimented with white noise you know how amazing this little tool is and we actually are blessed uh, we've got one of those echo dots i don't have her muted but many of you know her name it's uh alex with an a at the end and uh if i say her name she's going to start talking to me and we're going to have this whole issue uh while i'm recording but We've got her downstairs in my office, and then we've got another version of her upstairs in uh, my son's room. And it's actually called, I think, Project Nursery. I think it's kind of an older model because it lacks a couple of the features that I really wish we had, and I think we're probably going to upgrade. But one of the features that it doesn't have that I wish it had was the capability to um, make announcements from each device to each device. So, for example, if my wife was upstairs with our son... She could say, hey, Alex with an A, uh, make an announcement to Blake's office that I need you to bring some milk from the fridge up to Lincoln's room. And she would say it word for word, or she would even do a recording of my wife's voice and relay it to me down here. Now, why is that important if she could just text me? Well, she might have her hands full, right? So it's a, it's a hands-free way for her to communicate with me if I'm down here in the office, um, you know, and it's up to me to make sure that I mute it if I'm in a meeting or whatever that may be, and so on and so forth. That's what we would like to do. But regardless, having those Alex with an A's, having those and the opportunity to say, hey, Alex with an A, play um, white noise on repeat. And she'll play white noise on repeat all night long. It's one of the most amazing tools. Now, when he's hungry, he's hungry. White noise doesn't make any difference. When he's got a dirty diaper, he's got a dirty diaper. White noise doesn't make any difference. White noise is a tool that's used for when your checklist has been checked off, right? Dirty diaper's clean. Uh, he's been fed. Maybe he's swaddled up so that he's nice and comfy. Those are kind of our checklist items, right? The fourth checklist item, if we still can't console him after he's been fed, cleaned, and wrapped up, then we would go to the white noise. And literally, as we speak, she's talking to Alex with an A upstairs. I can hear her trying to get the white noise uh, set up correctly. Now, you have to be kind of particular with the model that we have to make sure that it plays the correct 
white noise because one version's like this deep bellowing thunder and then the other one's the actual uh, almost you know shushing type of white noise um, i'm not going to emulate it for you you can google it and figure it out how that looks and how that sounds i don't know how long like how old the child can get before that stops working i have to imagine that if you're dealing with a four-year-old sticking a cell phone next to her ear by the car seat may not put her to sleep if you're playing white noise right right now that's something that i can definitely do i had my brother over the other day we wanted to sit down and play some video games that's what kind of what me and him do uh, very you know every so often so we sat down we wanted to play some video games but i had my son with me my wife was out at the apartment that we just moved from to do some moving and I told her, hey, I'll hang out with our son. It'll be a guy's day. Me and my brother, we'll just play some video games and hang out for a little bit. Well, my, my son started crying. I made sure he was fed. I made sure he was changed. I couldn't get him to go to sleep. And the strange thing was is I didn't even think about it for some odd reason, and my brother thought about it. I don't know if he heard me and my wife talking about it at some point or if he picked it up somewhere, whatever. He goes, hey, do you want me to play some white noise on my phone? And I was like, yes, absolutely, do that. So I put my son down in this little swing, and the swinging motion helps too. I think I talked about that in one of the other podcasts. But I laid him down in the swing, and my brother takes his cell phone and just kind of tucks it back behind his head and turns on white noise on repeat. And he goes out like a light. So me and my brother are able to hang out and play some games for quite a while. Wife gets home. I help her unload, and then you know he still stays asleep. We wake him back up so that he can eat. Again, we give him a bottle at night so that he's nice and full, goes to sleep, and apparently that's working because just last night, like I said earlier, he almost slept all the way through the night. I'm trying to think when we actually gave him his last bottle. I want to say it was probably 8 o'clock, maybe 8.30, just like usual, somewhere between 8 and 9. We gave him his last bottle, and he didn't wake up until 4, maybe even 4.30 in the morning. That is really cool. Not a lot of people have uh, young ones who sleep all the way through the night. Now, I understand everybody's situation is a little bit different, and I go back to the whole concept of one person will be one way and one person will be the next. That's just how it goes, you know? And I don't think that anything that I talk about as far as tips and tricks go, if you try it or maybe you did try it and it didn't work, hey, I'm not telling you I got all the answers. And I don't think uh, anybody has all the answers, but there's certainly plenty of options and if at the end of the day i'm able to provide a dad or a mom with some additional options to help out with keeping uh, the little one nice and comfortable keeping them nice and quiet uh, and keeping them nice and healthy along the way then i've done a little bit of my job and also i want to make sure that i'm giving a decent bit of insight into the father's perspective so that as men other men who are listening to this may have an opportunity to check themselves to think back to the topics that i've discussed on this podcast and use that as a reminder for how they can go about certain situations certain scenarios whether that's looking back and making sure that we spend a moment to just enjoy holding the little guy in our arms while he's still little or maybe it's a moment to realize everything that mom handles on a daily basis and that us making sacrifices in our day to make that load a little bit lighter on mom, that that's something that can be done to help with the sanity <laughs> and the health of all the relationships involved uh, throughout the day. And I think that there's just little tidbits that we can all pick up from different perspectives. And that's the whole concept of this podcast is to talk with like-minded people, to 
talk with unlike-minded people and people of all walks of life get their perspectives, get their experiences, their successes and their failures and how that looks. Are there days where we just don't know what to do? Are there days and times where I kind of want to pull my hair out and somehow I have refrained from doing so? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I don't want to have that breakdown and be the dad that you know shouts out in anger or be the dad that you know rushes off in frustration you know i just can't handle it yada 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 this is all new to me and it's new to the little man and i think that as a father if we're willing to understand that as frustrated and confusing as it may be for us that it's equally as frustrating and confusing uh, for our kids. And if we're able to keep our cool in the process, even in the slightest, to just keep from popping the top, you know, even if we have to just seal our mouths shut, grit our teeth, and, and bear through a few more minutes of screaming baby, bear through a few more t-shirts of being peed on, or bear through a few more diapers that we just changed literally two seconds ago, then I think that we're well on our way to being a good example for these little humans as they grow older. And maybe whenever they get put in our position, they definitely won't remember this. But maybe, just maybe, they'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> maybe this digital piece of media will be there for my son to listen to. And he can realize the strength that it took for me to raise him. And I hope that what I've done between now and that day has raised him to be even stronger than myself uh, so that he can give me some grandkids. And it's weird to say that because I'm literally 26, first child. And I just said the phrase, give me some grandkids. And that feels strange. So I'm going to end it on that note and keep myself from going down rabbit holes of generational thought and go ahead and leave you all to another great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to The Father's Perspective. I do hope to have my wife on the podcast one of these days uh, as soon as we're able to lay him down for an hour or so. And uh, we should find a, a time to do that or maybe a grandma or a grandpa who wants to spend the day with the little guy. And me and my wife will get on an episode together so that you can hear a little bit of the mom's perspective and not just get the father's perspective. You can get the mother's perspective as well. So men, if you have a uh, wife, a significant other, whoever that you think would enjoy that particular episode, keep your eyes peeled for that so that you can share that with them and they can hear a little bit of what this journey has been like for us. All right, guys, thanks so much, and I'll catch you next time.